Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Nice. Right, Dave. It's uh, it's going to be weird though because we're on the other side. But I'm yeah. Nice. So, um, hey guys, Andy <laughs> here. Welcome to another Tuesday tune in, and with me, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave. Uh, hey, Andy. How you doing? I should say, Dave. Now it's weird actually being from the other way because I can't see any of the chat. But um, yeah, if you have joined us, do drop a message in. Um, Dave, you'd probably be able to see more than me. Um. Yeah, yeah so uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're a little bit different. We'll explain why in a moment. We are live. Uh, if you are right. here on the chat, drop us a thumbs up, drop us a like, drop us a comment, say hello. Um, yes, is all we are. I'm trying to remember what Andy normally says. Maggie V, <laughs> Bride, Bride, Jane, Tina, hello. How's it going? How are you? There you go. Um, nice. Hey, um, oh, Sinead is here. Oh, point for me. Um, Chris Ward, nice. Jim Zatal, Evertrex here, mate. Oh, nice. I'm assuming that's uh, Lozatron on the phones. I'm assuming that's probably Lauren on the comments. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and you're um, you're not here. Yeah, you're, you're not over I there. Know, yeah. So, yeah, just a little bit of background. So, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm abroad at the moment, um, over in Spain with some family. So this is actually weird because the first live we've done abroad, which is weird. But I didn't want to miss today because, um, you know, I, I know how much you like this guy. So, I wanted to obviously uh, come and join Dave and. Answer as many questions as you can because we've had a lot over the last couple of weeks with the release of quite a new lot of new trips. Um, and I know if you've been around the Avtrack community a while, you know that you know obviously we started with Everest Base Camp, then we've, we've kind of journeyed a little bit, and obviously we did Killy, and now we've introduced all these other trips as well that you know which is great to do. But we had heaps of questions around them, and also as well we've um, you know the last couple of weeks because of the Kilimanjaro competition, we've had a lot of people who've had some questions about Kilimanjaro. So we thought we'd cover all bases for that today. You know, anything around the new adventures, new trips. So if you've got anything around that, guys, do drop them in because, you know, we want to um, obviously, you know, answer those questions, make sure you know exactly what sort of trip they are, maybe what sort of experience you need for them, you know, because some of them are more challenging than others. You know, they're, um, you know, they're not easy. Um, but we got questions like, you know, is, is, is K2 Base Camp okay for my first time around altitude? You know, what about the Ring of Fire trek? You know, how difficult actually is that? So... Yeah, Dave, when we, when we thought about today's live, wasn't it? We were thinking, okay, do, let's go into maybe a little bit more depth around those, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, first of all, yeah, it's freaking everyone out that we've swapped sides. Um, <laughs> uh, Ramona, yeah, I know the feeling, like me and Andy, like the chi is all off. Like I'm normally, I, I look at Andy, not the camera. So I'm never like this. It's a bit intense. I think that's a compliment, Dave. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, but, but you're on the other side now, so it all feels very I weird. Know. But yeah, no, it's um, obviously, you know, we're in the business of, you know, making trips and making adventures. Yeah. And so anytime we launch some more, it's always going to be an exciting time. And last week, we, you know, I mean, what we had like K2 Base Camp, Mount Elbrus, Aconcagua, Patagonia Ice Fields, the volcanoes. It was really just that. We didn't really get a chance to sort of, do a deep dive although that's a lot of trips so we may need we may need some they, they could probably hold a live all on their own these trips but we yeah. wanted to talk a little bit more about them me and andy were talking yesterday and say well you know a lot of people might not know you know the difference between you know k2 base camp and everest base camp they sound the same yeah. everest is bigger you know does that mean it's harder how, how do you get there and what's the differences and then also the volcanoes in ecuador you know you look at that trip it's 11 days you might think to yourself oh that's pretty you know pretty yeah. okay but actually it's a bit of a dark horse that trip so um 
yeah, it's it's a we're, right. that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Because we it's been great actually. I mean, K two has gone down a, a real treat, and and Elbrus. I think you know because uh, over the last I don't know maybe five ten years, you know, K two has certainly got a lot more um, coverage, hasn't it, Dave? You know, certainly with with obviously Winter Ascent of K two, which was amazing by the Nepalese team. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know where we're talking about K two base camp, so it's a completely different ball game. Obviously, climbing K two, but I think because of that, you know, all that coverage around it and and, and that popularity and um, also as well, the infrastructure in Pakistan has improved. Then, you know, obviously journey into somewhere like like K two base camp and Concordia and that area there, um, as well as kind of Broad Peak. You know, that that essentially the same valley. Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly been very popular. Um, you know, I mean, we've hooked up with a really good team out there uh, that have been doing this for for some time. So you know, we've kind of ever trackified them if you like. Um, but yeah, that that we, we've had a lot of questions around that, Dave, haven't we? I don't know if it's worth starting with that one today. Yeah, why not? We'll start with K2 because it is the second biggest trip that we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's only 200 meters less popular. Um, but yeah, so K- asked, though, where's my hair gone? Yeah, I I had a I had an argument with a, a lawnmower, sadly lost. So um, yeah, my my hair's actually fallen off. So <laughs> this is probably the shortest I've had it for a while. But yeah, it's still me. It's still me. Yeah, it's all, should, it's all should, me. should say to everyone that you you cut your own hair, right? I do. And that's yeah, not a joke. Yeah. He does cut his own hair. <laughs> yeah, um, I have done since God knows how many years. But yeah, it's uh, I, I, I do have other people cut my hair. But, you know, it's it's the kind of style that it's not really a style because it's so messy and curly. <laughs> yeah. But I can get away with cutting it myself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah why not? Save some money some, for some sometimes you go. Sometimes you go to a building that cuts hair, don't you? And other times you do it yourself. So. A building that cuts hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I certainly do, Dave. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, K2 Base Camp. So yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's an awesome trip. I mean, the the obvious thing to do in your mind's eye is sort of compare it to Everest Base Camp, yeah. because you know you go into the base camp of a fourteen thousand meter mountain. Actually, with K2 Base Camp, you go to two, and actually Everest Base Camp, you go to two base camps as well, because Everest Base Camp is also Lotsi Base Camp. Yeah, um, I'm and Lutzi, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So you get to quite a lot of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but K2 is, is a slightly different flavor, if we're honest. Yeah. It is, so Everest being so popular, the trail is well established. Yeah. It's, you know, it's still an adventure. You're still going to extreme altitude and it's still very, very remote. You know, no roads, no cars, no machines, no television, yeah. none of that stuff. But it is a well trodden path where k2 although the you know the way to k2 is 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 pretty well known the the actual terrain is still very rugged very raw it's not really been populated at all so you fly into pakistan islamabad and spend a day knocking around islamabad and then you'll take a flight or a drive to skardu um, and Skardu is, is, is a big, like, you, you were, me and Andy were both quite surprised, actually, with how beautiful and green and lush Skardu is, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Very surprising. Yeah, it's quite, yeah. excuse me, because it's, um, you kind of in the back of my mind, because of the type of trip the K2 is, you don't really sort of envisage green and lush lakes and that kind of thing. You know, I thought it was a bit more um, rustic. It's actually quite nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, again, it's not Disneyland or anything, but it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, very nice. So, yes, yeah, quite a nice stop on the way to what is, I think, what Dave was going into there, probably more remote than, say, the Everest area. Yeah. Um, and the, even though the Everest area is very remote, the, the, when you go in on the Baltoro Glacier, 
and then up to Concordia, which is essentially where K2 Base Camp is. We, we don't stop at Concordia. We go further actually to Everest Base Camp, to K2 Base Camp. Uh, sorry, Everest on the mind, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, it looms big. But um, yeah. yeah, like you were saying, so a lot of um, treks do stop at Concordia, right? Which is the meeting of the Godwin, Austin and Baltoro glaciers in this big yeah. cascade of ice and towers in the Karakoram. Um, the Karakoram, by the way, is the uh, section of the Himalayas that runs through Pakistan where K2 is located. Yeah. And But we go on past Concordia to Broad Peak Base Camp. Um, and then from Broad Peak Base Camp, actual to stand at the foot of K2. Now, yeah. if any of you guys have like Googled K2 and had a look at it, it is awesome. It's the mountain you drew as a kid. You know, it is that. It's very like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's awesome. But like, it's hard to really narrow down where the adventure sort of, because it's that whole journey in. There's no villages from Skardu to base camp back to Skardu. There's no villages. There's no populations. It's camping. You're going to be fording streams with your rucksack above your head. Yeah. You're going to be walking on the actual glacier. So those of you that have done Everest base camp will have a flavor of what that's like. This is going to be a whole different kettle of fish because you're going to be on that glacier or just skirting the edge of it for like four or five days, you know, there and back. So. Sorry, I'm just seeing some of the comments come through. I I, I love. Um, I think Stuart says, "How's your ring of fire today?" Um, yeah, Dave. I'm not. I'm not sure how to answer that one. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, if you've had a curry, I think those volcanoes are certainly going to be hotter than normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. And um, yeah, a big shout out to Mick, great ever trekker. It's his birthday today. Mick, I'm not going to say how old you are because I don't know. Um, he's, but, he's 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 four hundred. Years old, it's at least 400 years old. I think he's that wise, but I think, um, yeah, he's, he's he, I think it's, it's been almost 400 years since uh, he first booked Island Peak and he's still waiting to go. So, yeah, we want we want to we want Mick to go to Island Peak soon, yeah. Because he's, well, uh, he's, he's rescheduled a few times, haven't you, Mick? And uh, yeah, well, we yeah, I mean, there's a bit there's a chance it's going to have eroded by the time he gets there, <laughs> but um, I, not, I, see, no, I still there, <laughs> I see Brooke is here as well. Brooke, oh, this yes. is exciting. I remember on Killy, I was on Killy with Brooke, and on the way down, she goes, oh, I think that's it for me, no more high altitude adventures. And I think she's already gonna, she's gonna do Elbrus, she's gonna do Aconcagua. I know, she, I know all of this about Brooke, even though she doesn't admit it herself, she will do all of those mountains. <laughs> <laughs> she's, um, I think, uh, Brooke, we've had a pleasure of, of trekking with Brooke um, a couple of times, and um, especially on Killy, yeah, the kind of uh classic loves a challenge ever trekker and uh yeah yeah brooke can't wait to track with you again mate um yeah on elbrus or k2 base camp um yeah can't wait to, to share a track with you yeah awesome um sorry dave yeah i know we <laughs> i love these comments honestly it's so funny coming through but yeah keep hydrated keep hydrated <laughs> yeah yeah obviously um, you know filtered People at sheep shearing, Jesus. Um, yeah, so Dave, sorry, I got off a tangent there. So K2, K2 base camp, clearly more challenging than Everest base camp. What do we think about kind of first time or altitude, maybe second time or altitude? How would you approach that? I think it's one of the, I think you could, it could be your first trip to altitude. Altitude wise, uh, yeah. you know, it's very similar in its range to uh, Everest base camp. In fact, a little less severe actually than Everest base camp because you don't have like Kalapatar up and down. You don't, you know, it, yeah. it, it, Everest in Nepal, the nature of its topography is that it's up and down, up and down. So you naturally have these spikes where K2 base camp is more of a gradual climb. So I would say it could be your first time at altitude. Yeah. I think the reason why it would be tougher to go there for your first time at altitude than say EBC 
is just the nature of the trek in itself is more yeah. strenuous on the body. So, you know, it's, you're going to be walking on the glacier, which is naturally hard because it's rocky. It's, you know, terrain is sort of exhausts you anyway. You know the difference if you go on a hike and it's a nice flat trail or if you go on one of Andy's hikes and the next thing you know, you're fording streams, climbing over rocks and it's all rocky. You'll feel the difference in your legs just after one day. So that's why it's difficult. And then you go to every, you know, when you factor in the altitude, 5,000 plus meters, you know, it's going to be a tough one. But yeah, I would say, you know, I, I think probably most people are, it depends on where you're beginning. If you're beginning with yeah. a mind that like, I'm hardcore, I want to go for an adventure, you'll probably just book straight in. If you're yeah, the type that yeah. wanted an adventure, went to EBC, or maybe you did Tupacal, and now you think, yep, yeah, that's it, I've really got a taste yeah. for it. K2 Basecamp is the logical next step, in my opinion. They're, lo- they're all logical. Yeah. K- uh, Kilimanjaro is also a logical next step as well. Yeah, because we, we get that, don't we? You know, Do I do Kili first? Do I do Everest Basecamp first? Maybe do I try a bit of altitude like Mount Tupacal? You know, we get a lot of questions with around that. And I think just reading the comments, yeah, it depends on how many kidneys you have left. It's probably, um, you know, from selling them, um, yeah, it's probably a decision on which trip to choose next, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I think Ramona's certainly um, run out of those now, if she's on it. <laughs> Sorry, just reading for the comments, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, know it's, I know it's bad, all these adventures, isn't it? I think that's why we're trying to be a little bit more flexible, guys. I, I know lots of you already know this stuff because you've, you've obviously been part of the journey for a while with us. But don't forget, you know, we, we do have some dates up to the end of 2024. Yeah. You know, you can obviously spread those payments monthly. Um, I know a lot of you do that now. It's almost uh, three quarters of our customers now choose to pay monthly, which is is great. Um, so that can help a little bit. But obviously, I understand, you know, it. yeah, you only have a certain amount of annual leave. You only have a certain amount of cash to, to try and do these things. So we'll try and do it. We're trying to help as much as we can um, with regards to these things. But, yeah, it, Certainly, we'll be trying to get some some future dates. I know a lot of you have got trips booked in, so we've been looking at 2025 now, which is just freaking crazy, really. Insane. Thinking we're almost at the end of 2021. It's insane. These last I'm still, two years, man. I'm still reeling after 2020. You know, I still haven't had time to process 2020. To think about 2025 is insane. But um, I'm interested to come here. Hey, Stuart, how's it going? Um, Hope you're doing well, mate. Um, yeah, he said, how about walking to Everest from Jury? To be honest, it's something we thought about, but you miss it on yeah. the Lukla flight, you know? And well, I think the way we looked at it is the Lukla flight is an attraction all in itself. And there's loads yeah. of lush walking after that. So we thought, yeah, well, we'll stick to the Lukla flight. But no, you are great. And it is one thing. I think one day what I might do is do the EBC trip and walk back to Jury, you know, and yeah, then do the overland true. drive. I've not done it myself. I've known a lot of, um, when I first went out to Everest Base Camp, um, which, was, which was on my own uh, before, obviously, Evertrek was was a thing. Um, you know, I met a couple of people who'd walk from Jury, and, you know, they did say it was definitely an adventure. Uh, I think it was about several days to actually get to the start of the Everest Base Camp trip. And I think it does come down to time sometimes. You know, if you've got a lot of time and you maybe got a month, just over three weeks or something, and you can, you can squeeze that in because uh, it, it is an additional seven days. It's good for acclimatization. Um, that is a good thing because you're, you know, you're, you're walking all the way up, you know, from pretty much Kathmandu, which is 1,300 meters. Um, you know, walking up a couple of hundred meters, then walking all the way up then to 2,800 meters, which is Lukla. So you imagine that takes you a week. So that's quite good from a acclimatization point of view. But I think the tried and tested way of flying to Lukla, doing the normal route that we do with the acclimatization days, kind of um, obviously fits the, the time and, and, and the challenge. But yeah, 100%, mate. I mean, looking at Jiri, it's, it's certainly been something because that's how they used to do it, you know, before Lukla was there, uh, before Sir Evan Hillary built the airport. 
um, you know, or help build it with with the locals there. Um, that's what they used to do, climb Everest. They used to walk in from Jury. So yeah, certainly, who knows with the future? I mean, at the moment, we're, we're going to stick to obviously doing all the routes that we do there at the moment anyway, which is quite a few of them. But yeah, Jiri is a, yeah, it's a good shout actually, isn't it? Just to, just to chat about that. Because we, Dave, we haven't chatted about Jiri for a while, have we? I think we've been off the radar because of all the other ones that we've been trying to push out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always it's always interesting because I always want to experience more of the countries we're in. We were talking about one aspect of the K2 trip is that um, flight to um, Skardu. But obviously, yeah, yeah. like all flights, you know, it's subject to weather and particularly internal flights, sub more subject to localized yeah. weather problems. So there is a, um, a potential that you'll drive for a whole day through Pakistan to Islamabad via Abbottabad, which is famous for other reasons. Um, and then, but I was talking to Andy and we were saying, do you know what, I'd love to do that drive, you know. Sorry, Andy, is that an elephant, I think, here? In <laughs> someone walking through the door, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, talking about um, that that drive back, and it's yeah. one of the things that I really love about travelling, you know, is is going a little bit off the beaten path. When me and Andy yeah, yeah. went to Pokhara, we, um, we we flew to Pokhara and then drove back. And It was nice, Dave, wasn't it? Because you, you see stuff you, you probably would never see. It was bumpy. It was very um, bumpy. I remember when we but, stopped for a coffee and I had to throw mine away because Andy's a seasoned coffee handler where I was like getting like coffee all over me. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I couldn't even drink it. Bring your hands, mate. You're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, you're but gonna that's because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was amazing. And obviously, Jury has got that sort of, that feel to it as well. You know, it's, yeah. um, it's a little bit off the beaten path, you know, because everyone starts and stops at... Um, uh, Lukla. God, there's so many yeah. place names now with all these trips, you know, as like, I used to be able to fire them off, but now I'm like an old man. <laughs> but, um, brilliant, brilliant. yeah, awesome. I mean, so there's obviously loads more we can talk about, but we should perhaps touch on some of the others as well. And I did see a question about yeah. um, the uh, help me out, and the volcanoes trip in Ecuador, the Ring of Fire. Ring of up, fire yeah. yeah, but um, not, I'll not, have... not about the how is your Ring of Fire, but what is the ring of fire trip? Uh, yeah what is the ring of fire so let's have it oh, okay so darren borsche how's it going darren uh Dazla. Oh, hey, darren. Darren, um, a little text off darren yeah great to hear from you darren nice nice das um how much climbing is involved with the ring of fire trip uh loads that's <laughs> not joking around there is loads of climbing to do on the ring of fire trip it's a it's hell of yeah. a trip yeah i mean it's um yeah, because I know Darren messaged me, and, and and this I think this sparks probably some of the the questions we were talking about, Dave. Is you know what level of experience you maybe need for that? Um, certainly, because I know obviously where Darren's questions coming from is you know how much climbing is involved. I know Darren's used crampons and things before, um, and to anyone looking at the Ring of Fire, it probably is a step up. I'd yeah. probably say it's it's on par with something like Island Peak. So although you, although you can again all these trips you can go and you know because we because we do. The kind of on the trip training so for instance if you haven't been on crampons before if you've never been on sort of fixed ropes um you know we are tethered to other members of your team um you know with a harness if you haven't done that before then then the guys do to kind of walk you through that before you start but you know like anything in life you know the more experience you've got on it it's going to help because yeah. you have to think about it um especially crampons and using an ice axe um you know it's it's not technical but you are on um, you know, mixed terrain, which will be on glaciers, which will be on snow uh, from time to time, you know, especially on uh, Chimborazo and Cotopaxi, um, you know, because you're, you're, you're so high, 
and, and the glaciers, I mean, it, it has changed a lot. I know, obviously, from the research we've done, we try to sort of pick some routes that were, you know, fun, but good for acclimatization, but also safe as well. Um, so they're not the most challenging routes for that particular reason. We don't want to make it too challenging. Um, but Dave, I know that, yeah, that, so that question essentially, yeah, it is, you, you are on, you know, you, there is some climbing involved, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And you, you know, also, um, Chimborazo is over 6,000 meters, you know, so yeah. it's 6,200 and change, you know, and before that you've got, um, Cotopaxi, which is five, that is pretty much near Achilles, 5,800 yeah. and some change. Um, and then the other one, I've got it here somewhere, but I can't find it. I think it's called Kayambe, Ka but. That's yeah, about five thousand seven hundred as well. So, in a case, you know, so it's a thirteen-day itinerary with a spare day. So it's probably about ten days of actual climbing. In that ten days, yeah. you'll do a six thousand meter peak, two nearly six thousand meter peaks, and you'll acclimatize on another one, which goes up to about five and a half. So it is, um, it's pretty yeah, intense, you know, that one. Yeah. So, like I said, it's a dark horse. It seems to fly under the radar a little bit, the Ring of Fire trip, but it is one of those that I think all of our trips. The reason when we talk about like ever tracking them and why we don't just sort of fire them out one by one by one is because we have to make sure that the itinerary, the skill set is achievable by everybody. You know, so that means, yeah, exactly. you know, how many days, you know, this trip can be done in 11 days. We've upped it to 13. Those two days can make a huge difference. And so if someone comes up and they want to book on and they've not done any ex altitude experience or mountain climbing, Yes, it's possible. I definitely recommend some training, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, get some winter skills training in and stuff like that, but it's doable, but probably more, you, you know, more enjoyable for those people that have maybe, you know, they've perhaps done Kilimanjaro, you know, and, yeah. and done hike base camp. Uh, and done base camp. camp and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, there's no, you know, it's not black or white. You can, you know, it's, um, yeah, you can get as much out of it as you want to put into it, really. But yeah, yeah love that trip. Really want to do that. And also, it's awesome just to go to Ecuador and travel around South America and see all these amazing places and go to the lakes and the, the glaciers that are down there. It's stunning. Yeah, exactly, Dave. I, said, um, I thought we'd, we'd tackle a couple of questions because you've had, a, obviously, a few come through. Nice. Um, just uh, a couple, Kirsten Franklin, not a question, but big thanks to Fee and Lauren. Help me book my next trip. Do an EBC in May. Yeah, Kirsten, great to see you uh, book in. Um, Shona, travel holiday, what's that? <laughs> Shona, it's um, it's something that, yeah, it's not normal. But uh, trust me, I, I, I hate sitting down. I, I, since I've been here, I, I need to get to the mountains. So there's mountains here. I'm going there tomorrow. Um, uh, just a shout out. I'm just going through. Uh, Leah's asking, Dave, how's the knee? Dave's always good to hear uh, the knee. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, the the ongoing knee saga. So filmed yeah. a little video for myself yesterday. Um, Andy's still shouting at me because <clears> I haven't put them up, but I've got about ten videos now just marking my. I will put them out, but I just want I want the story to be a little bit more finished. <laughs> finished yeah, <laughs> well, not finished, but a little bit more developed, should we say? But no, the knee's going great. I had physio yesterday. Still ahead of schedule, um, or or on schedule, pretty much. Um, Right now, I'm trying to get my knee straight. That's the big thing for me. I've got to get my knee straight. Um, as soon as I can get it straight, um, then I'm pretty much on the road to recovery and I'll get my uh, quads firing because my knee won't go dead straight. The quad muscles around yeah. just above your knee, they're, um, they're getting <clears throat> smaller and weaker. So that's that's fun. <laughs> but, uh, but, but actually, I'm about 10 degrees off straight. And the last time I was about 13 degrees, you know, so it's, um, yeah, it's coming down. It's coming down. 
I might just I might just put it there, get Andy just to jump on it or something. Give it the people's elbow hand or something. You know, see what happens. Jesus, mate, Jesus. I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tupacal's still on the horizon, isn't it? Excuse me. I know you're working towards Tupacal in November, right? That's the chat. Yeah, 100 percent Yeah. So well, I will do it, you know. Whether it's straight or not. (laughs) Like, but um, but it will be straight. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that, but no, it's all about the prep and the work and stuff like that. I think, you know, fitness wise, I could probably go and do Tupacal tomorrow. But the knee obviously is going to be a factor. And every time I go for a yeah. walk, there's about two, three hours. I, I start to get some issues. So it's about just strengthening the muscles around the leg now to uh, compensate for that. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's ongoing. It's ongoing. Who knew that breaking a cruciate ligament would be such a faff? <laughs> you know, if I'd broke my leg that day on the mountain, I'd be well on my way to a full recovery by now. But yeah, but you've been through the mill. But you know that's what happens when you bike instead of trekking, Dave. I did tell you. Yeah, well, <laughs> mate, I like I like trekking, and granted, I've never hurt myself <laughs> trekking, you know. Um, uh, but you know, I gotta, you know, I I, I like the speed and danger of the biking, yeah, but you... but uh, yeah, I'm I'm perhaps never gonna just do. Some, I might put a basket on the front of my mountain bike now and just do little runs like that, you know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, mate. Nothing wrong. Um. Paul Gavin Batsby. Paul, uh, great to see you on the line, mate. Um, do you wear crampers on the icy mountain paths? Um, yeah, I think you're obviously about crampons, yeah? So, yeah, on some of the trips that we do, you know, depends on severity of it. So I know we talked a little bit about Ring of Fire, um, that trek. And, yeah, certainly there's parts there where you, where you will 100% need crampons. Um, Tupacal in winter, certainly, because of the terrain, um, you know, sometimes in, uh, in the Everest region, so you've got Island Peak, um, 100% you'll be using crampons on there. Um, very, very, very rarely do you use them on the high passes in the Everest region. So sometimes like Gokyo Valley, you've got over Chola Pass, Kongmela Pass, even Renjola Pass. So these are the passes in the Everest region. Very, very rarely do you need them there. And you don't, you don't need to take any. The guys have got you covered there. So if it is that bad and, you know, it, this changes week on week and season on season, we'll know beforehand and yeah. we'll be able to, to, to hide them locally. The guys will just get them for you. Um, yeah, so it's it you know it's it's covered in that in that bit essentially. But yeah, when it comes to crampons, obviously think about the type of boot then you need to use. So if you are climbing Island Peak, Mera Peak, um, you know if you are going on uh, like Mount Elbrus, um, then you know you need a boot that's crampon compatible. So do do factor that into into any equipment uh, choices as well. Yeah. Um, just looking, what questions? Is there a reason? Uh, sorry, this is Shona. Um, no, t- uh, two car weekend dates between Feb and June. Um, yeah, so Shona, when it comes to Tupacal, it's definitely similar to other other trips. I mean, you can do them any time of the year, but we chose the ones that are kind of, I'd say, probably the, the better times of year to trek. So you can do it in the in the, the kind of summer. So anything, you know, our British summer, say those dates, quite good to go over. Um, obviously, it's a bit warmer. Then you've got the the winter, the the kind of gaps historically, and and, and just from all the research we did and, and and gone out there, it just seems that it's 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 some reason not a good time to trek i mean it could be could be some weather wind is a factor there so yeah we always like to sort of kind of focus the two different seasons there dave i know when we were looking at tube car weren't we we were were looking at the the different sort of times you can go and then obviously the popular times we obviously go with them due to weather and and popularity yeah exactly and uh, you know we try we with tube car you've kind of got to get a mix of you don't want it to be scorchio yeah or like 
really kind of poor weather. So yeah, we focused in on sort of the the key dates, and we manage them now just based on you know the the, the popularity of Tupacala. Obviously, if it blows up like Everest Base Camp, we'll probably spread those dates a little bit more into yeah. those sort of you know they're not like not ideal you know they're just not the primo trekking dates um but yeah that's exactly why yeah we all of the trips on our website so we get this question quite a lot like when is the best time to go um and we've kind of done all that for you all the dates on the website are pretty much we start off with the best times to go on all of those trips and then there's obviously you know little differences like do you want to go in winter or do you want to go in summer um you know because it is a different flavor of trip you know if you're If you want to go to the summit of Tupacal without crampons and, you know, experience some nice warm weather, you know, at least not on the summit, but on the way up, then yeah, 100% summer's for you. Um, nice. Andy, I know he's already made up his mind. Um, <laughs> you know, so we got, uh, all the way. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Chris Ward, is there any idea when trips to Killy will restart? So, mm. I'll be honest, uh, Chris, at the moment, we don't have much of an idea. The reason yeah. is we know Africa's very far behind in its vaccination program and also dealing with kill, uh, dealing with um, COVID. You know, they didn't sort of jump on it right at the beginning like a lot of other countries did. So that's kind of set them behind a little bit now. Also, I think uptake with the vaccine. They have vaccines now, but I think the uptake is quite slow. However, we do know that that's broadly speaking across Africa. We do know that Tanzania now is having a very big push towards dealing with this because obviously tourism um, yeah. and particularly tourism to Kilimanjaro is their bread and butter. So we do know that it's not going to be a long, long time before it's reopened again. Yeah. If I had a crystal ball, would it tell me, would I be surprised if Kili happened this year? Maybe. But I'm very confident about next year. Very confident about next year. I think that next year it will definitely happen. That's not to say that it won't happen this year. Again, you can see the situation that we're all in. Maybe will it, won't it? We don't know at the moment. Um, But like I said, I'm very confident that it will pick up in the near future. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good question because you know things are starting to open up now. I mean, obviously I'm abroad at the moment, so you know there are especially in Europe. Um, there are places where we're now allowed to go from a UK perspective. Um, yeah, when it comes to Tanzania, Nepal, uh, certainly some countries in, in South America, when it being on the red list, obviously it's very challenging from us. And some of those countries already have restrictions as well. So, yeah, it's as soon as we're allowed to, we'll get back there. Um, you know, and I, I can't believe that we're sitting here in, in, in August, mid-August, essentially, uh, 2021. And, you know, after what happened in March last year, it's, it's pretty crazy. But, you know, we're, we're ready and waiting. I mean, yep. the super positive thing, especially around Africa, is that, you know, next week we got our first trip in Morocco. So, yep. um, you know, we did have a lot of people booked on. I 18, think was, I think. <laughs> we had 18 going on on, uh, on across that weekend. But um, that reduced to two. But we still wanted sure, to yeah. run it because those two people really wanted to go on that particular day and they were allowed to. And... You know that'll be our first trip ran since last March, so yep. you know we can't wait to, to to get on top of that summit and, and hoist the the Evertrek flag. And um, yeah, it's going to be going to be a little bit emotional, I think, because it's been such a challenging time since then. You know, I mean, we're we're a travel company; we haven't been able to travel. You know, that's one of the reasons why we started this is to try and at least fill that gap, and and you know try and answer and, and be there for you guys really until we are yep. allowed to go. Um, obviously, don't worry; these Tuesday tunes aren't going anywhere, but. Um, you know, the, the point is, is that it's not a million miles away now. Um, you know, same goes with Nepal. Um, you know, we, 
hoping by the end of the autumn maybe we'll be able to run some trips. Yeah, where we're quite confident. Although you know we have to, we have to, we like to plan ahead a little bit. And you know we're already into the tenth of August, so September is when the season generally starts. So you know we we are going to be getting in touch with with September um, to kind of uh, push them to reschedule. Unfortunately, but uh, at the moment October November in Nepal still going ahead, and we're still confident with that. But that's the same with all the countries. You know we will communicate to everyone um, who's going on those trips exactly what um, you know those plans are. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, isn't it? We're still answering these questions about when we'll be able to go on trips, Dave. It's uh, I know. it's mad, isn't it? I remember in February 2020, and we thought, ah, we'll be all right by May. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah, who knew? Who knew? But you know, it's I, you know, I think we're very lucky and very fortunate in that you know we've got like yeah. this community, and not just this community, but the wider community of ever trackers as well that have you know, stuck with us and we're still growing, making trips, producing trips, improving the existing trips. So I do know that as soon as like the, uh, the firing gun goes off, we'll be, you know, it's going to not, it's going to be like, we never stop. to be honest with you. We'll just like be straight away going, but yeah, you know, I can't wait to get out as well. I mean, could have done without breaking my knee, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> you should have done it at um, the beginning of lockdown, mate. <laughs> right, mate. If I'd have done it at the beginning, if I'd have broke my knee like in March 2020, it'd have been perfect. I'd have had all that time to rehab where I can't do anything. And now when it's opening up, I'd be fine. But obviously, yeah. I don't do that. I wait for the first day out of lockdown, go outside, ride my bike, break my knee, go back into lockdown. <laughs> my own personal lockdown. Jesus, mate. Yeah, um, good question. Uh, Karen Smith, um, how cold does it get on K2? So, yeah, and in terms of K2 and, and the trek, you know, on the way to K2 base camp, um, you know, it can get quite extreme uh, on K2 itself, especially during winter. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the dates that we're, we're looking to run that trip, so starting next year, um, yeah, it does get similar to, to the Everest region, you know, it can get down to sort of like minus 10, um, you know, yeah. minus 12 sometimes. So, you know, in terms of the, the equipment that we recommended, if you, if you download the, the K2 base camp guide, uh, there's a little bit of equipment in there, and you'll see, like, it has – like a four season sleeping bag because there's no um, huts you'd be camping the whole way. Um, you know, so you want to make sure you've got warm gear just in case, you know, as soon as that, as soon as the sun goes down, that mercury is going to drop. So yeah, you want to make sure you've got your know, suitable down jackets, suitable base layers, um, your warm gloves, you, you know, you, you're talking about so planning for, for cold weather here. So if you're planning for sort of minus 10, even going down to minus 15, you know, cause you can always, Sort of you know take layers off can't you especially in the tent and you know if you're in a tent and, and most people actually wear stuff to bed don't they some people like just to wear their pants and that's cool but some you know some people just wear their trekking gear and get up and then it's like their suit so they'll wear it for a day or two dave i know i know you're a big fan of that but yeah literally just take the boots off you know if it's really cold i'll put my boots in the bottom of my sleeping bag not very comfortable but at least they're warm you know nothing worse than waking up in the tent and putting frozen boots on that just saps your energy right there but yeah, like if I know it's going to be really cold in the night and really cold in the morning, why bother getting out of dirty clothes to get back into dirty clothes? I'll just keep them on, <laughs> you know? I bet so, they're going to be um, colourful at the end though, aren't they? That first shower yeah. that you have, it's like... Yeah, I mean... The Ganges uh, River just flowing out, right? <laughs> mate, I remember our trip where we got back from... Um, we were our last day of EBC trip, me and you... Yeah. And the heavens opened and we had that monsoon. Oh, I was so yeah, drenched. Yeah, yeah. When I got yeah. into the room, I just turned the hot water on and just stood there in my clothes. And um, I'll be honest, it was not a pretty sight. Like all of the, it was just black. But um, yeah, great colorful. days. But anyway, that's yeah. adventure travel for you, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, th this is it. Especially when you're on somewhere like K2 Base Camp. 
or even in the Everest region, you know, you, you're going to get dirty. You're going to get smelly. Some of those tea houses, they, 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 they have a certain odor, don't they, Dave? They do, yeah. They have a certain aroma. You know, it's like uh, Odella trekking. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, it's, it's, but you won't stand above the crowd because everyone else is largely everyone on else, the same yeah, boat. You, blend you know, so, yeah. So the ambient smell in the room is sort of it meets your level and stays there. So yeah. everyone will be like, oh, can you smell something? And you'll be like, yeah, is it you? Is it me? I don't know. You know, it's fine. But um <laughs> Again, well, wet wipes can be your best friends. You can get these disposable wet wipes and stuff like that. I tend to have a dry sack that um, I'll throw all them in. You know, that, that becomes the sack of death. And then I'll throw them away when I get back to Kathmandu. But, um, the sack of death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, all sorts of crap goes in there. But, um, yeah, um, I just okay. go on. I think we covered. So we've done K2 Base Camp. We talked a lot about, um, obviously, the Ring of Fire trip. Let's talk about Elbrus a little bit now because... Um, again, quite a lot of people are asking sort of what experience they need for Elbrus, you know, the highest yeah. peak in Europe. Um, and, you know, is it is it something you can just book and do or do you recommend doing like, a, you know, a proper trek first before going to Elbrus? I mean, what, what, what would you, your approach be? So, yeah, it's one of them where so Elbrus is when I go into Elbrus, I'm glad that I've got some experience with altitude, you know, because yeah. there's always a little bit more. I don't know whether I want to say pressure, but when you go into EBC or K2 base camp and it's like a, it, it's more of a journey than it is a climb, you know, and when you go in on a mountain, obviously you get what, you know, they, they refer to as summit fever, you know, it's all about the summit. You want to get to the summit. So obviously they puts, can put some pressure on people. And I think having some experience, obviously just allays some of that, you know, it makes you a little bit yeah. more calmer and a little bit more sort of, you just go there and enjoy the climb. Having said that, it, it again is one of those where it's you know it's a little bit smaller than Kili. Lots of people go to Kili and their first taste of altitude is at Kilimanjaro. Done properly, that can be successful, and I think it's the same with Elbrus. Elbrus is a slightly different flavor, given that it's you know it is glaciated, so you are going to need sort of you know more traditional climbing equipment and stuff like that to get to the summit. Um, but I would say it can be done if you are going to book on and say you, you, Elbrus is your dream. You want to do Elbrus and you've not done anything else at altitude. I would definitely yeah. say go and do some winter mountaineering training. Um, yeah. Our guy, Steve, up in North Wales is really good at that. And he can teach you ice axe, crampons, rope techniques, walking on snowpack, how to walk in crampons and cut steps. All of this stuff can be really useful to know. Um and we always say knowledge dispels fear, right? So if you know a little bit before you go, you're less fearsome, yeah. less anxious, and you can just, your mindset's in the right place. I know Andy is big on the mindset because, you know, he's, and well, we've, and it's, I've learned a lot from Andy, and we've seen the difference it can have. You know, we've seen really, really strong people um, effectively quit on, you know, EBC, you know, when yeah, yeah, they yeah. didn't have to, and there was so much more that they could have done. And then we've seen other people who battle on and then the idea of quitting doesn't come into their mind and they stay positive and they think about the, the journey and why they started. Um, and I think a lot of that can come into play on Elbrus. And if you couple that with a little bit of training, a little bit of fitness, you're going to have all the tools you need to get to the top. But it's not one that I would take on sort of, you know, roll off the sofa and, <laughs> and go there, you know. Yeah, exactly. Excuse me. No, Dave, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, Elbrus, yeah, it's certainly whatever experience you've got is going to help you. Um, altitude, if you've not been to altitude before, you know, that that's something obviously you're going to be thinking about, you know, if you've not been on snow before, 
you know, snow with crampons, climbing on, you know, a, a, maybe a steeper gradient on, on snow. If you haven't done that before, it's something you've got to think about. So, yeah, all these things, the more experience you have, <clears throat> it's going to pay dividends on the mountain. And, and, you know, certainly when it comes to, you know, whether, whether you're having bad weather, um, because sometimes on Elbrus it's notorious for having, um, uh, you know, for, for, for storms to come in and, and bad weather to happen because of its, what the location where it is. So, yeah, um, and I think I had a question there. I think, uh, can we talk about the weather, please, from Jerome? Um, it's so, okay. Yeah, and, Quite sunny. <laughs> is he talking about the UK bit? Well, it's lovely out here. <laughs> But um, on Elbrus, uh, you know, the weather can be quite brutal. Um, it's certainly what, what, what makes it a challenging mountain, obviously, because of its height as well. So, yeah, yeah something that we've, um, you know, we've built in because we, we, we've got an extra day there. You know, we want, we want, to, we want to make that summit. Um, yeah. Obviously, safety first. And that goes on any, whether you're on Island Peak, uh, Mera Peak, whether you're on Everest Base Camp, wherever we are, you know, you have to put safety first. And, you know, we, we've, we've had to turn around people on Island Peak, you know, because even though we're the highest team on the mountain, which I think we were a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, it was just as bad visibility. And when you can't tell the difference between the floor and the sky, it's time to go down. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that goes on any, uh, any, any mountain. Um, on, if the weather hits, you know, we, we have to uh, put that to the equation. What's... But that's part of the challenge, isn't it? You know, that's, that's why they're there. That's why not everyone climbs them because they're hard. But when was you do... James Ashley on that trip, better. band. Yeah, James was. Yeah, yeah, he was on uh, that Island Peak trip. Yeah, and I know, and so he, lot, yeah, he, some great ever trekkers on that trip, and I know they were, you know, disappointed, but also because they, there were eight teams on that mountain on that day, um, you know, our team got the highest, um, you know, which which was a which was a good thing anyway. Not far from the summit, but when you're on a summit ridge and you can't tell, you know, the difference between the floor and the sky, that that, that you, that's not safe, you know. Um, yeah, doesn't matter how good your goggles are, doesn't matter how how much, uh, you know, what's the word, uh, motivation you want to get there is, um, you know, there's, there's no point risking your life in that situation. Well, exactly. That. Life comes first. And it's a, if you're still on your way up and you're yeah. questioning whether it's safe and you can't see anything, yeah. this the, the danger is, you know, you'll probably reach the summit if you carried on. But anyone that's done any mountain knows how fatigued you are on the way down. Yeah. You have that adrenaline dump at the top and, you know, everything's like awesome. And yeah. you know, you 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 you're, you suddenly have this like punch in the air moment, and then you turn around and start down, and you'll be fine then. And then maybe an hour into your descent, and it is a long ascent. Sometimes it can be seven hours. You know that fatigue sets in, and you start to yeah. maybe you're really tired. You might not have slept for thirty hours, so your eyes start closing. And it's times like that when you know, like Andy was saying, you know, if the weather's really bad. You know, you really don't want to be doing it. I remember, and you know, your water might freeze. There's just loads of little factors. Each one of them always yeah. being thought about all the time. Um, and yeah, having a little bit of experience obviously just makes those things more manageable. Um, but one, I can't wait for Elbrus. One yeah. thing was well, one cool thing about Elbrus is you've got the Gaba Gabarashi station, I think it's called, which is like this um, whole ski station. Uh, 
Garabashi. Gar- Garbisi Stakes. Yeah, I know. Garbisi or Garabashi. anyway. Garabashi. Any, yeah, I'm not sure on the pronunciation. There's so many players. I'm rubbish today with my names. But um, yeah, so we'll, we we acclimatize <laughs> in the traditional method. So first of all, I'm Mike Cheget. Um, and then we'll go to Elbrus and we do the traditional up, down, up, down. But one of the cool points is that we yeah. can walk up to this station, walk back down, and then the next day we can get the ski lift back up and start from there and then go yeah, up again. It's quite handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Andy Merchant booked Elbrus this morning. Yeah, um, great, Andy. Great to have you on, mate, in 2023. Um, obviously got lots of time to prepare, but uh, yeah, super excited. Thanks for booking on, Andy. And uh, yeah, look forward to having you with us. Awesome. Jerome said, isn't that what happened to Sandy yeah. Irvin? Well, you know, I, I read quite a lot of books about mm. uh, Mallory and Irvin. Um, yeah. Probably did fall in bad weather. I actually, I used to think they didn't reach the summit. Now I, now I think they did. So what happened was I thought that once they yeah. got up there, the second step would be too difficult for them to climb using the tools at the time. But Conrad Anker went there and climbed uh, the second step, you know, without the ladders and everything using, you know, just traditional yeah. climbing techniques and did it. So I think, yeah, they did that. And then on the way down, that's, that's what happened. Um, yeah, I yeah. think there's a, I mean, they'll could be one of those things that we'll never, never really know unless they find the camera. Um, you know, they've obviously found Mallory's body. They haven't found Andy Irvin's, Sandy Irvin's body, but, um, yeah, it's one of those things that maybe we'll never know, but I, I, I kind of, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, that, that kind of story, isn't it? A heroic kind of, you know, would, would they have gone for the summit? And then, as Dave said, then, you know, they had that high and on the way down got caught in bad weather. It's about highly likely, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those kind of mythological stories that we'll always be thinking about because, you know, did they, did they? I mean, you know, Tenzin Norgay and Sremon Hillary will always have the first summit because that was the first successful of getting up and down. But wouldn't it be cool if 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 uh, George Mallory and Sandy Irvin did it? That'd be uh, yeah. Who knows? The, who knows? Right? I mean, the history of Everest is amazing. There was one guy, yeah, and I think um, Tenzing had a little bit of interactions with him at some point. I can't remember the name of the book where I read this, but yeah. if I find it, I'll I'll share it. He, where he crashed a plane, <laughs> you know, he flew a plane and then like crashed it on his way to base camp. I think it was the north side, and then att- and then his att- so he stole a plane. I think crashed it there deliberately and then attempted to climb and i think i don't think he made it either but yeah there's some really crazy stories about you know the first attempts at everest and stuff like that yeah it's amazing um mm. let's have a quick look it's next. part of the so, draw isn't it it's part of i mean it was definitely one of the reasons i went uh, years ago it was you know because of the history and the pull of everest i know i know a lot of you on the year of uh, ever trackers have been to everest with us and you know, looking at the other adventures, I know we've talked about a few today. Um, but yeah, can't wait to have you with us and, and sharing that history, you know. Yeah, so Ramona saying Dave, I know, I, I, the signal's going going up and down. I don't know what it's coming like for you. Uh, no, yeah. So I for me, it's a little bit like I think you're delayed. So I think I'm waiting for an opening, but I apologize if we're talking at the same time, everybody. But it's it's quite difficult to juggle it. As you know, with us and our um our tech, we only choose to do these lives where we have poor Wi-Fi. Um but uh but yeah, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's not not too not that amazing over here in Spain, Danny. Yeah. So um, Ramona's saying, when she used to suffer from extreme insomnia, used to Google Everest bodies. Always, yeah, you know, it, it's always a good way to go to sleep, I guess. Green boots. Well, green boots wow. is actually he's not in the the cave anymore. They moved him. Um, off yeah, the they, off they, the trail. They, they the mountain, essentially, didn't 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think what happened to David Sharp up there when they went up there to move David Sharp's body, I think they moved Green Boots there as well. I think Indian climber, I believe. I forget his name. Um, but yeah, no, it is fascinating. There's um, there's quite a lot of stories on there about um, Francis Arsentiev, who was climbing Everest with her yeah. husband. And I think they both died on the mountain, or at least I know she definitely did because she just sat down and then he went back up to get her. And I think he wasn't seen again or either he went back up and came back down without her. I forget what happened to him, but I know she died and she's really quite scary because well, not scary, but quite haunting, I guess, because she yeah. sat up and her hair was blowing in the wind for years after, I think. So yeah, fascinating, but a bit grim. <laughs> Should we move on to lighter topics? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But you know, I know we've kind of gone on to the dark topics. The thing is, I'm just going through all the comments now. We're, we're all interested, aren't we? I know it's a dark topic, and you know, but I think, um, as Andy said, they're really good. You know, in terms of it's all part of the journey. Yeah, I do like that quote, mate. Um, yeah, it's on the wall in the office. Uh, it is certainly it is, and uh, you know, it's it's cool, isn't it? Just thinking about their journeys. Sometimes, uh, just to be privileged to actually see and be part of their journey. I know. You know, a lot of people have, have, have died on Everest and on these mountains. You know, K2, you've got a K2 base camp. A lot of people have died on K2. Um, yeah. Only weeks ago, people died on K2. It's, it's a dangerous mountain. Um, but that's part of the draw of these places. And I know we can kind of touch on that by going there, even to K2 base camp, to Everest base camp. Um, you know, I know we, we, we do climb the other peaks, you know, especially if you're talking about Aconcagua, you know, which is a serious peak, um, you know, proper serious, you're almost 7,000 meters. Uh, you know, it... it it's dangerous, but it's you know we always talk about that managed danger. Um, yeah. and if we can manage it, you know, without you know, you could be unlucky. You know, things can happen. We all know that. You could do that stepping out your front door, but if you can manage it as best you can, which uh, you know we know we've got some vastly experienced guides across all of our trips. You know, we wouldn't have anything less. Um, we know that those people know what they're doing, and and that's why you know we have we have people who go there, come back, and have an awesome time exactly well you know usually anyway <laughs> um yeah, hopefully I mean, soon again i mean that's the thing and also we go to these places um, in the same vein yeah. and for the same reasons as those people that climb everest you know it's um it's hard to articulate in words really it's one of those things where almost if you have to ask you shouldn't go you know like why would someone want to do this i mean obviously because yeah. it's there but also <laughs> be, but, but because it's you, you can't explain nice it day, i mean nice. i think I think far greater philosophers and minds than mine have tried to answer why men are drawn to the mountains. And I probably couldn't even do it any justice. I would just stick with, you know, because it's awesome. <laughs> Literally, in the truest sense <laughs> of the is, word, awesome. Um, Dave, I'm just going through. Obviously, any questions, guys, do drop them in. Um, got another sort of five, ten minutes. So just, just to cover off a couple of things. Um, Gavin, though, has asked a good question just around, okay, book for Killy. Awesome, Gavin. Great to see you on. Um, last week in October for next year, 2022. What is the weather like? Uh, what is the weather to be expected? Okay, yeah, expected to assume this is coming to the end of the season. So, yeah, just with a question there. Um, uh, with the weather, yes, yeah, certainly. So, you know, we do have trips that essentially border what – because Killy, you can, again, you can climb any time of the year, um, you know, but it it does have a rainy season there, so it can get quite a bit of rain. Um, basically, when you're at the end of March – or yeah, the end of October, you can get some rain, um, unfortunately. So yeah, with that. But that being said, the higher you go, you're above the clouds. Uh, give it maybe the first few days, you, you you might be susceptible to that that weather. But once you're above, 
I'd say Barranco wall, very unlikely to rain. Uh, it can do, um, but as you get closer to the summit, then um, you know it's it's pretty pretty good visibility at that time of the year. Again, you never know. I mean, we went there in uh, February, going into March. I think we summited on twenty eighth of February. I think it was last year, and uh, we had rain the first couple of days, um, and then on the summit day, beautiful sunrise, one of the most amazing things you'll see. Quickly followed by zero visibility. What <laughs> yep. um, inside, inside of a ping pong ball. Yeah, um, but you know, all part of the journey, right? All part of the journey. Um, yeah. One question, Dave. Um, just want to. Uh, I want to make sure this is answered. Neil, um, interested in climbing either Mera Peak or Island Peak next April. Not sure which one to pick. Okay. Um, um, yeah. I mean, Dave, did you want to tackle this one? Yeah. Sure. Um, well, it depends on sort of what sort of flavor of trip you're after i keep saying flavor this flavor that i need to move away from it but my point is that so they're they're obviously they're both six thousand meter peaks mera peak is known as the highest trekking peak six thousand five hundred something meters um and then island peak is probably the most popular trekking peak it's used to acclimatize for everest it's in the everest region so it's on the it's on the trail that everyone likes to go on so if you want to do if you want to go to everest base camp and you want to go up Kalapata and you want to go to Gokyo and you want to do all of these awesome things as well as climbing Island Peak, then Ultimate Island Peak is the trip for you. So you'll be on the traditional Everest Trail. You'll go over some high passes. You'll go to Gokyo Ri, Chola, um, Kong Malau, I think, as well. And you'll go um, to visit Gokyo Lake. You'll go to Everest Base Camp and then you'll come down and, and summit Island Peak. It's really good for acclimatization. There's pretty much not, you know, it's like if I had to say what is the most conclusive Everest trip that we do, that's probably the one at the moment. Yeah. However, if you wanted to go to a slightly different area, still technically within the average reason, but region, but when you get to Lukla, you go left or you go right and you'll go right yeah. and you'll go off to Mera and you'll summit Mera. The reason why you'd want to do Mera, less ladder crossings. So, you know, it's more of a traditional trekking peak in terms of its sort of terrain. You don't have to cross the ladders, but it is the highest. So six and a half thousand meters, a serious, serious climb. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much the snapshot difference between the two. And it's about yeah. whichever one you'd go for. Personally, I would say if it's going to be your first 6,000 meter peak in the Himalaya, I would probably do Ultima uh, Island Peak because you'll get to do ladder crossings, which is cool and fun, and you'll get to go to all those other places in the Himalaya. However, if you want to get the highest, Mera. Mera, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a really good question. And it, it is tough, and why not do both? You know, go on, do an ultimate island peak, see how you get on. If you want to go higher, then do Mera maybe a couple of years after. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I know there's a, a few questions. I know, I think Shona's put on, obviously, can't decide what trips she wants to do after the three peaks, three passes. Um, yeah, don't forget, if you if you do want to book in, because I know if, you, if you've been part of um, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been, we ran a little competition and, and there's been quite a lot of discounts off the back of that. Um, obviously, if you want to book in, I think it's 11.30 tonight. So just a reminder to everyone about that, if you are booking onto a trip, which for £100 today, um, yeah, you can uh, do that for 11.30 tonight. But if you do book onto a trip and then you kind of change your mind a little bit, because I know we've got a vast array of trips and I know that, I know what it's like can be quite large. Which one do I do? You know, and I think sometimes that takes a bit longer than two weeks, doesn't it? So if you do want to book onto a trip, don't forget, you know, we are super flexible. If you want to book onto, say, K2 Base Camp, um, or even if you wanted to go back to Nepal and, say, do Island Peak, 
you know, you can change that anytime if, if you feel okay. Actually, I want to I want to go the Ring of Fire trip instead. So can I move to that? You can do that at any time. So if you want to lock that in today, then, you know, uh, obviously take the opportunity and go for it. No worries if not, but just wanted to remind you guys so you don't kind of think that once you book a trip, that's the only trip you're ever allowed to do. Like we're super flexible with all the things that we, um, you know, when it comes to payments, to dates, to trip changes, all that stuff. Um, you know, we, we were before COVID even more so now. We, we're kind of more uh, verbal about it because, you know, we want people to know that we're flexible. Um yeah, so I thought that I might drop that in before we we dash because David, coming forward to an hour now, it's flown by. I know, um, mate. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you got to get to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pool for me today. I, I get bored sitting next to the pool. Um, yeah, probably go for a walk. But no, it's, it's been great today, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, yeah. I know it's a bit weird because we're switched around, uh, but I hope it's been a little bit value for you today, and, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, you know, any questions at all, guys, do drop us you know a message info at evertrek.co.uk. Uh, you know, if you're on Facebook, obviously we can um, you know, drop us a little Facebook message. Uh, yeah. If you're on the website, use a little chat bot on the website. We get back to you there. But Dave, yeah, have you got any final thoughts about these trips then? Or? Yeah, I would say um, it's not a matter of which one should you go on. It's a matter of which order should you do them all in. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I would say, yeah, start. The, the most important thing, I think, is it's always the hardest question that we have to ask is when someone yeah. says like that, Mera Island. Which trip should I go on, Dave? Which one's right for me? It's always hard because there's an element of the personal in there as well. Yeah. I would say no matter what trip you go on, it's, if it's your first one, it's probably going to start a whole world of adventure. I mean, yeah. you, I, when I first went to Everest Base Camp, I was, um, I was a manager for a team of 10 in an insurance company. That was it. That was my career. Yeah, exactly. So literally, that, that was changed. that was that was my that was my life. That was my trajectory, and that yeah. was probably going to be me until I retired. And then I, I and I do credit going to Everest Base Camp with snapping me out of that, realizing there's more outside my front door, and now I'm now I'm here doing something completely different. And I know that that's the effect it can have on people. So without being too grandiose, yeah. just book whatever trip. Just go onto the website pick one because i guarantee it doesn't matter which one you pick it won't be your last yeah exactly dave awesome mate okay we'll leave it there great words um yeah and we'll see you next tuesday yeah no worries and just before we go uh mandel Bhutan's are we live yet um <laughs> stay hydrated bingo. right yeah awesome so i hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the mountain malarkey podcast um yeah that was something a little bit different wasn't it from the tuesday tune in but i hope yeah. you enjoyed it I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. <laughs>